This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. Hello, this is Caroline Frost here for your latest instalment of Smart TV, courtesy of the Radio Times. Kellyanne is still away on holiday. No word. Nope, me neither. So in her absence, we have once again with us a VIP guest, reviewer and critique extraordinaire, Radio Times TV previews editor, Francis Taylor. Hello. Hello, good afternoon. All right, let's crack on. We have got some great factual coming up and some comedy and a bit of archive chat. But first of all, we're going to just tick off some cracking drama. So I think, Francis, I'm going to ask you to start us off with Gallows Poll. Yes, this starts on Wednesday, nine o'clock on BBC Two, when also, I have to say, the full series will be on iPlayer. So if you do enjoy episode one, do binge away. But I think why this is exciting is that it's Shane Meadows, you know, of This Is England and mm-hmm. many other exciting projects, taking on something a little bit different. Nothing about the 80s or the 90s or anything like that. The 60s. I want to say the 60s. I mean, the 1760s. Oh. Yeah, see what I did there. Um, so going back a couple of hundred years to do something sort of relatively similar in vibe. I would say, Mm. Um, but just obviously with very different material and also with very similar faces. So again, if you're a fan of Shane Meadows dramas, there will be a lot of people here who you recognise, like Michael Socker, Thomas Turgoose is here. So I think if you're a fan of Shane Meadows, you will enjoy this very much. Okay, so what's the brief? So the brief is a guy called David Hartley, who the very opening scene, I mean, it (laughs) goes on for a little while without any dialogue whatsoever, but he's visibly injured. He's got sort of stab wound to his side and there's these mysterious creatures around him wearing lots of sort of raggedy clothes with uh, big skull heads on. It's all a bit strange. And they're traipsing through 
the moors. He has this long trek, a very long walk, back to sort of his home village, if you want to say that, where he's been missing for about seven years um, and he has a dark secret. Ooh, Ooh. what is his secret? Ooh. Um, but it's sort of, we see various members of his family who are kind of saying, uh, very frustrated with him to have not heard from him, to have not seen him for this amount of time. Very angry. But he's obviously very injured, very ill, okay. might not make it. Although, again, we're in episode one. Uh, he's the lead he's the lead star of this drama so will he pull through but what's the point of the drama well you tell me you've seen it okay i guess i shall have to provide the synopsis which is that this is a real life story set in 1769 which is about the crag valley coiners and what happened was as francis has how richly described they were very much down on their uppers think um shoes with holes and children that didn't have food <laughs> all very sad um, and somebody came up with a cunning scheme which they would shave off. I mean, this is extraordinary. It's a, it's a real story. They would shave off the edge of coins, of established in-the-market coins, and they would then melt them down and recreate new coins and put them back into the economy. Huge fraud. And in fact, it did upsize the economy back in 1769. Shane Meadows, whom we spoke to for Radio Times, he explained that back in the day, the gallows pole of the title, yes, you could be hanged, but for more than 200 random offences, things like having a dirty face outdoors, stealing a handkerchief worth more than 12 pence. They're all serious crimes, I think we can agree. Oh, yes. So it meant that that they had a different idea of of kind of punishment mm. versus reward than perhaps we do now. And so this is how it goes. It's it's only a three-parter. He packs an awful lot in um, and it's very rich. Now, we have slightly differing opinions, <laughs> I know. I'm a well. big fan. I love the characterisation. A lot of it's improvised, very Shane Meadows trope, that. Which I think is Go the on. thing, because I very much appreciate this drama for being a very good drama. It is a good drama. Let me not put you off. It's just for me, I personally, and I realise this is a very personal, unpopular opinion, I'm not a huge fan of the improv lines dialogue thing because I feel like yes it does work quite well in some scenes Mm. other scenes maybe not so much and sometimes you do you can kind of fall into that trap of having a character say are you here today yes I am here today (laughs) well yes I know you're here today very natural yeah that kind of mm, yes let's just try and see where this scene's going there are some occasions where I think maybe if it was in a very unshane Meadows way, and this is obviously completely defeats the point of the entire drama, but if it maybe was a little more scripted okay. or a little more structured, I may have enjoyed it more. But as I say, very aware that's a, a personal, um, unpopular opinion. Well, I'm going to throw in a curveball, which is to say that I watched it, enjoyed it, and didn't know that it was improvised. I just thought the scene, I know that you complained to me <laughs> earlier, I just thought that was a very long scene, but um, we hear you. So uh, go in, uh, buyer beware, that there might be some slightly elongated scenes while you're waiting for a bit of plot. But it is really fantastic and don't let that put you off. Don't let Francis put you off, I think is the theme there. No. Um, Quick public service memo in case anybody needed telling succession. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? It's coming to an end. The 10th and final episode, the fourth and final series, we will finally discover to whom Logan Roy bequeaths his millions. Um, I don't know. you. Now, you're a very cool three series behind, I believe. Um, at least. I'm sort of midway through season two and have been for about five months now. And I, I, 
I mean, I'm really you're playing appreciate... your own path there, aren't you? <laughs> I really appreciate that the you're so cool um, preface to that. It's not cool. It's just incredibly disorganised. But yes, I need I need to get back on the succession train because I understand. Obviously, it's the best thing in television. It's incredibly compelling. I... It's very exciting. But I also uh, I've got no immediate um, urge now to watch it sort of today or tomorrow because I already know everything that happens. But well, I envy you. I yeah. envy you of the treats that await because I have supped and uh, the trough is now empty almost with one more episode to go. I shall try to savour that like a fine nine course taster menu and not just a McDonald's drive through as is my want. There's a lot of analogies going on there. But yes. Okay, so that's the drama done. Let's talk inverted commas factual. What have you got for us? Well, I had to flag this up just because it feels like a a monumental event. On Monday, the 29th of May, uh, on BBC Two at half past 8pm, it's University Challenge. Not normally a show that you'd maybe say set your watch for. You've absolutely got to see this. Um, but it is Jeremy Paxman's final ever edition of University Challenge, which I think, you know, after nearly 29 years is quite something. Um, and I, I have seen it and I won't spoil sort of how he signs it off, but it is it is quite Paxman-esque. You can sort of, a bit no nonsense in the okay. nicest possible way. I have two questions. One, what do you think he's brought to the show over those 29 years? Just the, do you know what it is? The, his delivery and, you know, the way he would get very frustrated in a sort of quite comical way of saying, you know, come mm-hmm. on, come on, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think in the hands of somebody else, that could come across as a bit patronising or just really derogatory or something. But the way that he has sat in that chair and helmed it so confidently, but also with such a, a wry smile, the fact that he's spoken a lot, actually, about how passionate he is about the young people who take part in University mm-hmm. Challenge and how overawed he is by their um, intelligence, actually. I think you just you do get a real deep sense of how much he cares about the programme and how much it means to him. And I think as a viewer, you know, you can't disguise that. It's a very genuine emotion from him, I think, and this sort of genuine thoughts and feelings towards the show. And I think that, uh, yeah, as a viewer, that's really nice to buy into. And you know he cares, but also he's he's got that, um, yeah, no-nonsense Okay, final question on this subject. Does he get a shorter or longer send-off for his efforts and enduring love of the programme than Mr Philip Schofield from this morning? Very, very topical question. And I would say, actually, it's uh, it's quite similar in length. Okay. Yeah. A good so 30 seconds then. Yeah. Slap that thigh. Might even be shorter, to be honest. But, right. But, um, but perhaps more heartfelt. Yes. Okay, so who do you think you are is also returning... Big names in this one, kicking off with Andrew Lloyd Webber, who is always good for an anecdote. I think he discovers some show business jazz hands connections, which is quite heartwarming. I love the idea of one of the good Lord's ancestors with his jazz hands in the sky waiting to be found. Who else is in this series that we should look out for? So we have Chris Ramsey, uh, Dev Griffin, Lensley Manville, Bear Grylls, Claire Foy, Kevin Clifton, the Van Tullican brothers, and Emily Atak. Although the Van Tullican brothers, you kind of think, are they going to find out anything different? No, it's probably just <laughs> going to be a, a, a joint journey um, on a the third same path. twin. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the shocking twist. Amazing. Okay, yes. and in the comedy area of the pie, 
Um, you've got a little present for us on Sky Max. Yeah. Tell us. Poker well, Face. Poker Face, uh, which starts Friday, 2nd of June, 9 o'clock, Sky Max. Again, the fact that it's on Sky Max may initially not only put some people off, but kind of think, oh, well, I don't have that, so I can't really see it. I would urge you to take out a now subscription now um, just to catch up on this and, and watch it in some capacity. It has already aired in America, actually. But it's a really enjoyable well-made, fun, but dramatic crime caper. So it's sort of like a bit anthology-esque in that you've got uh, different crimes per episode. So it's about a 10-part series. Who's the lead? So the lead is Natasha Lyonne. I hope I'm saying her name right. But um, A young lady, a feisty young lady. Well, she's not... Well, I was going to say, it depends your de- de- okay. definition of young. I'm being a bit rude there. But I remember, put it this way, I remember first seeing her in American Pie, which is a good 20 years ago. Still so, young. Good, still young. Good, still excellent. Young. Glad we sorted that out. Um, but she's great. She's one of those sorts of really lovely, enjoyable, messy characters where mm-hmm. she gets up and one of the first things you see her doing is having a cause beer just you know at, I don't know what time in the morning it is but very well, early after your own heart exactly <laughs> she's very clear in saying I'm not a cop however something in episode one happens to her friend which we do see in the first sort of 10 minutes it's Columbo-esque so Ooh. you see the crime you see who's committed the crime you see everything but she obviously doesn't know what's going on so you're then on this journey with her over the next hour to kind of piece together what's happened and who's responsible and and the whole story there and it's one of those shows that just put a smile on my face not only could I I not turn away from it but there were so many nice little lines and actually real sort of drops of humour in it and obviously a topic or a a sort of the setup and the drama that you think well there's nothing nothing really funny about this because people have been killed but actually it's, it's really nice it's really funny really good and she's fantastic in it actually i have to say as well if you're a fan of adrian brody um he's in it as well well jolly good i'm glad you've mentioned colombo because colombo was peppered by rich but empty-hearted villains and what a our segue. special what a segue. archive special this week is about rich people on screen the hook being the end of succession and happily an article that I've written for this week's Radio Times. So I come prepared. Now, Caroline, before this, said, make sure you read my article. And I said, I absolutely will. <laughs> what have I done? I've not read it. Lunch. I, I had lunch. Yeah. Went to the pub. I, <laughs> now, done anything. Don't, don't publicly out me, Caroline. Ten tasks, except read the article. I've Never mind, because yes. I'm sure it's all in your head. So my theory is, is that uh, we've loved watching rich people on screen since the 80s, since Dallas and Dynasty. And I have an idea that in America, it was for many years, I think succession really bucks that trend, that it was very aspirational. It was mm. escapist. Obviously, J.R. Ewing was uh, a villain that we love to hate, but they were all very much falling out with each other, but making it up with each other in time to have breakfast around the (laughs) breakfast table because they all lived under the same roof, of course. So this happened in Dynasty, similar vibe. And it's interesting that over in the UK, I think that we're more obsessed or have been with class. Mm. So you get programmes like To the Manor Born, Keeping Up Appearances, Brideshead Revisited. It's all about the um, the trying to, to get your hands on something a little bit more aristocratic or what you perceive to be aristocratic. Um, And I just think that's interesting. So now we have something like Succession comes along and over here we have Industry and we have these other shows, The White Lotus, all showing this great hole at the centre of these these 
sort of apparently, (laughs) well, yes, in the middle of the lives of these apparently Mm. luxurious and rich lives. And of course, we have reality TV as well. So we have the Kardashians Mm. and we have a million Real Housewives and that they've all become, I think they've taken the place of those US big budget, big soaps that we used to love to watch for Alexis Colby's furs. (laughs) And uh, that's my theory. So anybody who fancies catching up on a little bit of a... Well, what should we say? I wouldn't say tasteless. That's cruel. The shows that show that money can't buy you happiness. I think that's what they all kind of come under the, or the US ones at least. They do, they do. Where can we find Dallas and Dynasty? You can find Dallas and Dynasty, uh, well, you can find Dallas at least on Amazon Prime Video and Apple TV to rent or buy. Uh, Industry, as previously mentioned as well, series one and two of that is on iPlayer. uh, And also, yeah, Dynasty actually is on Amazon Prime and Apple TV to rent or buy great great soap matriarchs never die they just go to amazon prime that is all we have time for this week so i will just wish you a great week of tv and we'll be back next week um francis may make a guest appearance and we're also hoping for kellyanne's safe return and in the meantime happy happy viewing. viewing